Check, 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 bitch. Hey everyone, it's the Herald of Modcast, and this is our weekly episode, and we're going to be talking about The Leftovers Season 3, Episode 6, Certified. Certified. And also the film review for Alien Covenant. Certified. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about The Leftovers first. It, uh, we're in the final season, and we're in the final stretch there's two more episodes left. Yeah, that's it, man. Short season. Uh, it builds up really quick, but then also ends very quick, too. There's two yeah. episodes left, so it's kind of like, I kind of want more. I know. I want and more leftovers. G- g- this will be full of spoilers, so if you haven't seen it yet, you know. Fast forward. beware. Yeah. Um, th- a lot. This is the this was the Lori episode, basically. Yeah, they've done this so far. There's sort of been episodes about... Each they focus on yeah, which I like the way they do it really well, and we get some of the backstory. Amy Brenneman as Lori, uh, uh, about how she joined the Grateful Remnant, the cult, the white cult, yeah, and um, that was pretty interesting to see how that transpired. Yeah, she was. T- she's a therapist, and her- which we knew. Yeah, and she was talking to one of her patients, and basically the patient was talking about how her new born child just you know departed and she sort of has a little breakdown and decides she's going to kill herself right and then comes to right before the pills kick in and it takes a bunch of epicac and like vomits out all the pills yeah and then her next move is to to dress up in all white and go see the people downstairs the remnant people because they wait outside of uh, therapist offices for like easy pickings, that kind of thing. Yeah, and then well, so usually, she becomes the that. One. I didn't understand because usually what they do is they wait outside offices where people have lost someone. So we find out at the end of this that she in fact did lose someone. We'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. But maybe they knew. I don't know. No, I don't think they knew that they she lost someone. Picking. Yeah, I think okay. they just knew that there's people going to therapists because they lost people. So it's like an easy place to right. find new recruits. Makes sense to me. Boy, but uh, they did it well, as they always do, where they sort of weave. It's, it's you know, the filmmaking is non-linear, not linear, and it's fascinating the way they, they go back and they tell us things they didn't tell us before. And, and mm. you're like, oh, yeah, that's why that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we're in Australia and we find it starts after that with her. Does it start with that? I guess. It, no, I think the beginning was her and showing, showing up, at the, up at the ranch. Yeah. And, and then they do this backstory. Yeah. And they didn't know how she got there. And you find out later how she found out the address of the ranch and stuff. And right. They kind of vet her with Scott Glenn basically saying, you you know, you want to join us, whoop de woo You're not going to freaking turn on us at the last minute once Kevin gets back. Because Kevin's not there. Because Kevin went went off on a little walkabout. Yeah, because they asked him to be God again and kill him. Yeah, kill they, they want to drown him on the seesaw. Yeah. And so he needed some time to think, which is fair. <laughs> it's just totally fair. So he's gone and uh, Lori's there with, uh, you know, Scott Glenn and John. John and Michael and the woman there. who saved Scott Glenn. And, uh, yeah. They, they, it's a very funny when they sit her down and kind of tell her the plan and he thinks it's like a, the Noah story. It's basically, I mean, there's so much of the Bible that comes into play in this show constantly, you know. Yeah. And they do a very, you know, Last Supper. They even do a Last Supper in this episode, which mm-hmm. is and pretty cool pretty the cool. way they do it. Yeah. Yeah, and like Lori has a black eye, and you're not sure how she got that yet, and you find that out too later in the story. Yeah, because she, it, it turns out she was hanging out with Nora and Matt. And they were doing a stakeout on the two doctors who turned Nora away from the, you know, departure machine. And they've sort of found their uh, address and they're in a van all together and waiting for them to make their next move. The two doctors who are, I guess, lesbians. They were like making out Yeah, they were together. Yeah. But so Matt is no longer interested in bringing Kevin back. He's just with his sister now. Because, I mean, so do you, does this mean that last week's episode, the whole tiger thing, the lion thing, sorry, he's now, what's happened to him? He's not interested in... The departure, you know, anniversary anymore, but he's still religious, I guess. Uh, yeah, Is I he? guess he has some sort of grand, I don't know, changing of heart. But he's dying. Guy. He's got can- his cancer's back. Cancer's back. He's taking steroids for the cancer. His nose is bleeding. So he knows he has limited time anyway. 
So maybe he's not so concerned about the rapture or whatever. Well, the the ultimate feel of this whole episode is goodbye. They should have called it goodbye, really. Yeah. Because there's a lot of feeling like we're not going to see some of these these characters aren't going to see each other anymore well and like characters they've, they've sort of made their final decisions because mm-hmm. nora and matt and uh Lori fo- follow them well they also get in a fight and you find nora like gives her a black eye yeah. by accident kind of which and, isn't a surprise because the two of them are very like yeah sort of the ex-wife and together. the girlfriend yeah you know? <laughs> so, yeah and uh but it's an accident how she gives her the black eye right right which is but that's really also kind of, you know, they, another thing they tie in is she's upset because Nora is smoking, of course, and she wants, she borrows the lighter from Lori. Lori says she's not smoking anymore, but then she wants the lighter back. And of course, it's the lighter that her daughter gave her when she was still. Which we find out later, yeah. Yeah. That it's the same one. So they the fight season. over the, lo- the lighter. I don't know why Nora was so. Because she's kind of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah, and so they go and they find the place, and it's just like a big couple transport trucks by mm-hmm. the water. It's not an actual building or anything. And then Nora has some sort of like grand change of heart as well, where she sort of like doesn't want to follow through on it because Lori says like, "Is this the part where you call the DDW mm-hmm. and shut this thing down?" And she's like, "Uh, nope." I guess not. Well, she tells the story of when her and Matt were kids, and it's right. like a metaphor. And but of course, we knew that she wasn't going to do that. I mean, I think nah. it was pretty clear that she was literally going in search for her kids. Yeah, and she wanted to see how far she'd get, or if she'd you know go into the actual machine and depart, or just die, or be incinerated, or whatever. Or I think she actually believes that there was a little piece of her that believed maybe what they're doing is real. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because there's a scene when they're on the van on a stakeout of these two doctors, and uh, they're talking about the scam that Lori and John run, talking to people's dead relatives, but they can't, they don't do departures, and Lori's trying to convince her to do a reading on her departed on her, kids. And she's like, no, we don't do departures, and... She's like doing dead people is are easy because people generally just want closure, but it's not the same case with people that depart because they don't really believe that they're dead entirely. So it most it just makes people angry and they get violent. Mm-hmm. And I guess she said that John got attacked a couple times and that kind of thing. And so the uh, you know it's interesting yeah. Well, in this episode, it's very much Lori being the the therapist to everyone too. Mm-hmm. She's you know she's she kind of is acting like a, a therapist to Nora. Mm-hmm. She's you know when well they bring up the story about the the French submarine guy. Oh yeah, and he basically thought that there was some giant uh, sort of Godzilla Leviathan monster, some sort of volcano that was going to hatch on the anniversary and wreak havoc on the world and so that's why he launched the bomb because he got it from the bible revelations right and then she said that you know what would you say to him and she told nora oh you know don't miss i guess yeah yeah she's like why would you what would you tell that guy if he was on your couch kind of thing yeah you know so she's like using her therapist skill whatever a bunch of times throughout the episode but the fact that she said don't miss i mean she's always been sort of sarcastic and funny but the the and she, god what a great performance by amy brenneman yeah. but they're when they're in australia when, when they're at the ranch you know you kind of think she's showing a poker face and then they're all having dinner and she ends up drugging them to make yeah, them fall asleep because they made they're making the stew with the australian woman and there's the the dog's pain pills or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and, and she puts it in the stew. Well, when they have this conversation about, you know, oh, we're, it's not much of a Last Supper. And, you know, he's like, oh, the food was good. It's just that we don't have our Jesus. And then, you know, Scott Glenn's like, you know, who what what disciples are we or what apostles, apostles are we? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they go around the table. And uh, Lori's like, well, I guess I'm Judas. Or they first they say Thomas. And she's like, no, I'm not a doubter. Doubter is easy. Like, I'm I'm Judas. Yeah. And like, why would you say that? And then Scott Glenn's, like, face goes into his pasta bowl yeah. or whatever. <laughs> you know? And then he's like, what's going on? And then Michael's out. And then John's like, oh, fuck. You totally just drugged yeah. us. Like, yeah, I'm Judas. And then <laughs> he passes out. And, the you know, the Australian woman went to go lie down. So they're all out unconscious, you know. Well, and you think that she's going to talk Kevin 
out of doing it. But in fact, when Kevin shows up again on the horse and they, she basically says, no, I, I'm not going to talk you out of it. I just wanted to talk to you and I didn't think they would let me. Yeah, just one-on-one. Which is when you start to think, okay, what's she's she like, what's yeah. she doing? Because she's not talking him out of anything. She's not talking anyone out of anything. She's just sort of like at a piece. And there, there's this, a line where he says something and she says, I guess we're all gone. You know? He's like, is, is Nora gone? You know, because he thought that she might have found the place and departed mm. or whatever in the machine. And she's like, ah, we're all gone. You know, and they have this conversation about sort of revealing. And that's when Lori reveals that she was actually pregnant, like six weeks pregnant on the day of the departure. And the baby like departed from her womb. Which is intense. In the ultrasound. Yeah, actually like, 16 weeks. 16 so she weeks. she could see it in and the it ultrasound. Just, right. And it just disappeared during the ultrasound. She never told Kevin. Yeah. And so that was a pretty big bomb dropper. Uh, well, and it gives us the motivation for why she joined the cult, yeah, which we didn't really have place. before. Not really, outside of just couldn't handle what happened. Yeah, and uh, but th- that was a, a great scene with the two of them kind of saying their goodbyes. They're going through making confessions. Yeah, he's like, I always hated our house. And she's like, well, I... Or, and then he said he killed the, the daughter's hamster by accident. And yeah, and they had all these like little secrets they never told each other while they were uh, married. And then they're smoking, and she has the lighter, and the lighter that says "Don't forget me." It's the Zippo yeah. lighter. And she's like, yeah, actually, it went to the sewer grate and dug it out after Jill whatever gave it to right. me. You know, he's like, oh, really? Oh, well, shit, that's funny. And then he's like, well, here, take it back. And he, she's like, no, you keep, you can keep it. You know, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like the silver lighter, like the silver pieces of right. Judas. You know, and then you immediately <laughs> then you go, like, oh, "Oh my oh, God, oh. what is she going to do?" And there's when she's still talking to Nora, mm-hmm. she says, "No, you're not going to kill yourself." And Nora says, "If I was going to kill myself, I'd go scuba diving." She goes into this monologue about how there's so many things, different ways to commit suicide, scuba diving, and that make would it be look an like accident. an accident, yeah. right? So no one would be like upset or hurt, or it'd be harder to prove it was a yep. suicide, that sort of thing. And Lori and, says, "I know about scuba." I'm certified she's like well then you would know and then sure enough cut to and it's Lori on a boat yes, in scuba gear I know and we're like what god damn this show yeah and you're thinking like oh my fucking god is she like gonna go through with it is there a change of heart or anything like this yeah and, the guy's like, eh, you got like a couple hours, you know, the storm's coming, so, you know, make it snappy. And then as she's putting on her gear, she gets a phone call from her daughter and the son on the other line, which is really funny. And they're just like asking about some TV show from when they were kids and just like nice casual conversation. You know? And I thought maybe she was going to change her mind. Right. And then the guy was like, today, sweetheart. And then she literally like, they show her sort of fall back into the water after yeah. she puts on her gear. And that's how it ends with the Ooh. sounds of the ocean and the credits rolling. Like the battle of, like the Hardham episode in Game of Thrones where all you hear is the wind at the yeah, end yeah, credits. Yeah, and the boat. That reminded yeah. me of that. It's very similar, yeah, for sure. So we're thinking Lori's gone. I mean, we don't know for sure, for sure, for she's sure. But she's probably gone. I mean, yeah. it sort of led up to that. Everything's sort of led up to her you know checking out you never really knew i feel like max sort of had that same experience he said he didn't actually die in the last episode but he's dying he is dying and i think uh, like he's had a loss of loss of faith right which is sort of like a death right like a sort of personal death but not an actual physical death but yeah i think that's sort of what's you know sort of trending in this show so it makes you wonder in the last two episodes how they're going to leave it and what's how this whole thing's going to fucking yeah. wrap up and if it actually will be satisfying as a viewer. I hope so. I mean, Damon Lindelof is the creator of Lost. The Lost guy. <laughs> and I didn't realize that because I never watched Lost, but I am well aware of like the internet outrage that that show had by the end of it. People yeah. were pretty upset. They were very upset at the way it was left. I mean, they might do the some ending. weird fucking ironic thing that leaves us feeling the same way that the characters feel in the show by ending it in a certain way hmm. like not satisfied and not fulfilled but that's the point i hope not i don't know i mean how what would be a satisfying ending it's to hard show? to tell like I, what I, everyone's I, happy or like they all depart and there are all the people come back all no the it's not gonna people. be a happy ending no clearly. it's clearly not you know so it's like gonna have to find some sort of silver lining and what is all sort of just sad and depressing but extremely engaging and interesting so i mean i hope that because i have so much faith in the writing and the show in general i i hope it's just great television i hope that i'll be satisfied with that yeah it doesn't really have to satisfy like and then everyone got on the ark and 
<laughs> sailed into the sunset with right. the wind on their backs and started fucking and maybe like <laughs> having sex and and then the they start reproducing and all the babies they have are the people that departed and it's like this full circle <laughs> thing which would be yeah i don't need that uh yeah there's other ways to feel satisfaction with a movie or a show or even a well i hope book, we're gonna story. get like a reveal of what happens somehow i don't, I don't think so yeah not a not. true reveal i don't think we're gonna get any sort of like this is what happened or if they did it's like it was aliens and you're like fuck you yeah like, i'd be mad i'd be I more be mad, mad by that. i'd rather not have an answer than it was aliens i agree or it was like bob zuka <laughs> Like, you know, Bob Zuka. Like, what? God damn it. Well, this next week's episode is another one of the Kevin goes to a hotel death. Yeah, well, he described it too. He's like, it was so real. Yeah. And that's the thing. He's like, you're not going to try to talk me out of it when they were, when everyone was passed out. And she's like, no. And he goes in about how he's like, you know, the first time I did it, it felt so real that I know it wasn't just a fucking fantasy yeah. you know and then and she sort of had this look on his, her face like oh god he's really gonna do it and she sort of looked like oh my god he's gonna die and like he's gonna literally like elect to die and but not she come wasn't back. upset by that because she was gonna elect to die because she literally said no i'm not gonna talk you out i came to say goodbye but i think she, on her face when she saw how like excited he got she was sort of like fuck he's doing it like yeah even, even though she wouldn't talk him out of it I, she looked like like kind of yeah, he's doing it. Like yeah. he's done. Uh, yeah, even if I tried to talk about it, he's like because the way his reaction was, he was like stoked. Right. He was sort of like, yeah, and like I got to, you know, when I went through the first time, like it was so fucking real. Right. And I came back, so like the fact that he's that willing to do it, I think, kind of scared her. Yeah. You know, or it sort of like was revealing to her at least, like, yeah. oh fuck, okay, well, you know, good luck with that. I'm gonna go kill myself in a scuba accident, <laughs> in a intentional scuba accident. God. Have fun, faggot. That was, I mean, you know, and when they're talking, they bring up that departed music. That boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, the, the overture yeah. of the show. Whenever anything really, truly heartbreaking is about to happen, it's you're like, incredible no, turn it overture. off. I love, love the it. score. And, love it, love and by the way, uh, tunefine.com is a very cool website that any music on any show, they've done all the work for you you That's can so go cool. and you can get all the music to the leftovers on there and click the links to download it on itunes or amazon or whatever That's or funny. it sounds like something they would make on the silicon valley show right i know like in their little house startup we'll make a thing that has all the music from all the tv yeah. stations it's not an app it's just a website but it might be an app but it's very yeah. cool and because mm. the music on the show is amazing that's one of the key things that makes it work i think Yo, fuck yeah it is yeah. yeah i mean they had that metallica sort of playing through the whole opening sequence with Lori, and it yep. never really got to like where the song starts it's right just right right slow yeah that was so cool yeah it's metallica you know it's like yeah they they know but the way they music. used it exactly I yeah I, I, I mean that's a cool song but they never got to the part where it's like a heavy metal song it's just that intro that sort of funk crazy groovy intro that's some good music supervisors there that work for that show that's actually me oh is it yeah i'm the music supervisor oh. for the leftovers okay and you can suck that. my butt oh Maybe. thank you you probably could well Someone i mean should. it's it's an exceptional yeah. episode on an exceptional show this season is the best ever definitely i'd say I mean, last season was pretty damn no, last good. Last season was pretty fucking cool. And the Oops. first season is so cool, too, though. You know, I don't know. I probably would go back and watch the whole thing in or in succession at some point. Probably, like, wait a year and then revisit it. I like to do that with stuff I really, really appreciate it. I just think, uh, unlike Thrones and Walking Dead that have, you know, dips and have episodes that are just like, oh, my God, this is the greatest episode ever. This show just sort of cons is consistent and and consistently builds to being better and better and better and better. Builds to being better and better. Yes, I mean it get, every episode gets better. I think. Yeah, well, I mean they have like this end in sight. Yeah. I think. And uh, which makes it easier. Easier to like definitely just fucking edit out any filler. Right. They're not going for duration or like yeah. length length you know quality over quantity, which is cool. Because we win in the end as viewers. We win. We win, you losers. So I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be pretty epic. And uh, Yeah, that's the thing. I'm already on board. So, you know, win, lose, or draw, we'll, I'll be all show up, you know. 
Ditto. Ditto. So that's Ditto. it for the leftovers. Recap commentary for Certified Episode 6, Season 3. And uh, let's talk about Alien Covenant on... Ridley Scott directed what is essentially Prometheus Prometheus. Yeah, we should two. just call this Prometheus two for the whole review because <laughs> it I mean, you like we say you can call it alien to put butts in seats, but I mean it's Prometheus two a hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm glad it is because Prometheus one needed a Prometheus two. Yeah. And you know, I didn't I didn't like the idea that they were gonna skip it all together and do an alien movie, then come back to Prometheus. That would have been the stupid like redundancy for mm-hmm. me. So the fact that they went in and was like, we'll call it Alien Covenant, but it's clearly, after watching the movie, like super sequel, like total sequel to that first movie. And I'm glad because it answered a bunch of questions that a lot of people had leaving the Prometheus one, which is a big complaint and why a lot of people didn't like Prometheus one or just didn't love Prometheus one. Because I didn't hate it. I enjoyed it, but I did leave like, fuck, what the fuck? Yeah. I have more questions leaving I know. than I did entering, and there was no alien until the very end. Well, and that was... Alien, the, alien. The, I mean, there they, were aliens. There were, but they weren't the Xenomorphs, traditional. Yeah. They had to come back to that brand for obvious reasons. Obvious reasons. Yeah, because... None of which are robbing Neil Blomkamp of his creative vision. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, but, we uh, could. I just want to say that the film is directed by Ridley Scott. It's uh, Walter Hill's got his producing credit on there, too. That's cool. Um, Michael Fassbender, Billy Crudup, uh, Catherine uh, Waterson. Waterson, who is Sam Waterson daughter. from Law and Order. Daughter. And also she was in Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, and and um, Danny McBride. Danny McBride does pretty well. Yeah. Danny McBride holds his own in a dramatic horror sci-fi movie yeah i mean he plays what is similar to his characters sort of southern sort of fun of man fun of man sort of southern guy comic relief well so they are colonists en route to uh a planet that they've already discovered vetted vetted, as they say say, and it's a fully sort of like earth planet you know it has sustainable life and an ecosystem and they vetted it and they it's a crew member of 15 but there's 2,000 sort of colonists Colonists, which is like passengers by the way yeah i didn't see that let's Um, not talk about that well i'm just saying hey cool man very much the same story except for and then there's a bunch of embryos yep and then there's one Again, Fassbender uh, synthetic who's always awake because the crew members are in stasis as well. Yeah. And that's sort of how the movie starts with just this one lone android patrolling the ship because mm-hmm. they have another seven years just to get to the planet. Yep. And as he's doing his daily rounds, something goes wrong with these really cool like electromagnetic sails that release from the ship yeah. to recharge its own batteries. Like that scene's cool. And the visuals are pretty amazing. And the in sci-fi the film. is really yeah. cool. The the uh, the ships and the designing and the designing of the weapons yeah. and and then we should say there's a whole opening opening sequence with Fassbender and Guy Pierce, who was in Prometheus, who plays the Wayland character, the billionaire god yeah. complex guy, and it's a young Wayland and a brand new Fassbender, but like David from Prometheus, the David, yeah, yeah. and it's them in a you know stark room talking about life and meaning with a piano and a chair and tea and a fucking matisse on the wall or whatever it was or a francisco i forget what the artist but they say it so but yeah and they basically talk he's like if you created me who created you yeah you know and he's like well that's the ultimate question and blah 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 he's like well and then he said something like if you created me am i not if i you know you created me i'm I'm superior than you like what do i need you for he kind of says that and then he goes you know pour my tea david like that right to like it's so it's instant posturing. It's like you just made something that's smarter than you. Right. And, it's like, and that's dangerous. And it proves to be extremely dangerous. Yeah. Which is kind of cool that they did that, you know, first because Guy Pierce is badass. And secondly, because it, an- it gives more answers, especially by the end of the movie. Right. You sort of put the pieces all together. Um, and then so, yeah. And then it's, you know, Michael Fassbender again is another guy named Walter, who's the same sort of, you know, design as David, but the newer... But- different he he's not as human as we find out he's much more sort of robotic like because they apparently people were uncomfortable with how human the david dave the first gen of that was because yeah they can like make their own 
create, concertos. They create, yeah. yeah. Basically, they have creative abilities. Yeah. Whereas da- uh, the Walter character has none of that. He's right. pure, purely utilitarian. He's there to serve. Yeah, which is, I think, how most humans want their robots. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't want you freaking, yeah, outstyling me on the piano or whatever. But so what happens is as he's doing his rounds, there's a malfunction and it's, you know, causes a sort of pulse, uh, whatever electromagnetic pulse thing. It causes the ship to sort of jostle and break right. and have to wake up all the crew members early and doing so, one of the pods doesn't open, and dude's burned alive inside, and that's fucking stupid James Franco. I know, who has a weird cameo. A yeah. brief, brief, burned alive, and then in a picture, and then in a little video that she watches, because that's her, Watterson's boyfriend. Right. Husband. So all the crew members are married, because they're going to then have kids, and then all the colonists, I guess, when they wake them up, or it's it's meant to repopulate the human you know, population yeah. basically is what this is for, you think. And so they're all awake now and they have another seven year journey and, uh, you know, they have to bury the dead and now Billy Crudup is the captain. Cause I guess James Franco's character was the captain. Right. And, uh, they sort of have to decide what to do if they go back to sleep or in 46 of the colonists didn't make it yep. from the accident. They have to go fix the electromagnetic sail things. Right. And they do that. And as they're doing that, Danny McBride gets a sort of like signal from a different planet in his helmet. Mm-hmm. They scan the helmet and they find where the signal is coming from. And it's from this other planet that's like a month away or a, a no, week away. No, it's only a couple weeks away if they yeah. could get the signal. Yeah. So they then ha- have to rethink, should we go? I mean, they find out that the atmosphere is good for it's them. It's like a livable yeah. planet. It's, a, it's, like it's by all accounts, it's, it yeah. seems to be livable. It's earth and it has land mass and water and ecosystem. And so Billy Crudup decides instead of going on going back to sleep and waiting the extra seven years, we'll go check this out first and see if it's a worthy place. Although Catherine Wat- Watterson's uh, character objects and she's now second in command. Yeah. She was Franco, the captain's wife. Wife. They were like, because they're all coupled second. up. The each, crew. Per, each crew member yeah. has their own partner. Yeah. And uh, she says, I got to object to this. We don't know what's down there or any right. of that stuff. And she just lost her husband. Right. You know, and we don't know what's down there. Yeah. We, it's, we, you know, like she said, the other plan has been vetted many times. We know what to expect. This place could be. She's like, don't you find it a little convenient that out of nowhere we never found this planet? Right. And all the searching we did, all of a sudden it shows up with some random pulse from a, in a John Denver song. Yeah. You know, and so, well, whatever. He decides that. You know, they're putting a crew together, going down on foot, right. boots on the ground, check this planet out. Well, and they set Billy Crudup's captain uh, up to be sort of flawed in that. Sort of weak. Well, there's an interesting uh, commentary they make where he says, I, they wouldn't let me be captain of the ship because I'm a man of faith. And they felt that that is people with faith can't be leading things, which is a very interesting commentary on our times. Yeah, um, with politics and religion. Yeah. Uh, as we now find ourselves being dictated a lot by religion and uh, more right. so, more so, and, and the saying in the future, that will be outlawed that's completely. Not, yeah, it's totally not desirable in a leader. <laughs> but And then, of course, he turns out to be a, make the wrong decision. <laughs> yeah, he makes a huge mistake. <laughs> he takes the leap of faith, which is not the practical... Uh, it's nah. He doesn't use the data to make a decision. He takes sort of a Gut leap of faith. Yeah. yeah, he's like, this just feels right. You know, it's, it's there. Uh, although they sort of contradict it with that metaphor he uses about Franco, who we see, the only time we see him is in a, a video she's watching of him rock climbing, and he just is not using ropes. Yeah. He's doing it by just climbing. Yeah. yeah. And and Crudup says uses that metaphor as I I'm using ropes. I don't I so that, yeah. I found that a weird contradiction of who he was, but whatever. Yeah, I you know get what, what I mean? mean. Yeah, it's like if you're using ropes, then why take a leap of faith? Maybe he was just trying to put it into terms she'd understand, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um but so they go down, a crew of them go down to investigate. Yeah, they 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 want to find the 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 source of the pulse that yep. they picked up and they land it's like eight kilometers whatever east and they're starting to move around and then uh two of them stick around to start sort of taking samples of the soil and the earth and blah 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 crudup's wife who's crudup's wife who's i don't know sure she's an actress she's been in stuff and then like the pilot of the little vessel stays on board 
and they keep moving up. And as they're uh, moving up, they find the, uh, what do they find? The ship? Yeah, they find the ship because they find Elizabeth Shaw's dog tags and they find remnants of, you know, Wayland Enterprises. The ship that she left on at the end of Prometheus. She she saves David, the robot. With his head in a bag. And they take off on one of the other engineer's ships. Yep. And uh, this is the island that they they landed on. Which is, we find out, the original planet of the engineering race. Yep. And that's where they're at. And uh, so so then what happens? So then they're there. Well, but the two people who stuck stayed behind to get samples one's a soldier and one's obviously so they're obviously made up of doctors biologists and also some soldiers because there's like a marine survivalist guys yeah Yeah. and the marine guys smoking which i thought was a little bit of a lazy way to have this yeah i i don't find that probable in the year 21 100 whatever it was 2104 no especially with like smoking being completely becoming obsolete now like by then, I can't imagine people still smoking. Yeah, it's such you a know? self-destructive. Well, habit. also in a an environment that they're not familiar with. That yeah, like who light knows them up, what? Johnny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a little bit lazy. I thought. Yeah, they all had cigarettes. That was kind of funny. The, I mean, in the seventies, that makes sense because everyone smoked back then. So, like yeah. in the original Aliens, so it's like yeah, you probably you're gonna have your characters smoking. But now to have like a bunch of smoking characters no, in the future is kind not, of funny. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, it's not; it's forgivable. Well, but, but except that they used it because he puffs the smoke, and then this organism. Well, he steps on the spores on right. those like freaking bulbs, and it releases like the spores. Teeny versions of the big eggs that we know. Yeah, those of. big eggs with that like freaking. It's like a liquid that, when mixed with the air, becomes a sort of powder, solid, whatever, yeah. and it's all like cells, living cells or yeah. something. Because David has a bunch of the samples left. Right. Well, we find out once they meet up. And so this guy gets the spores, just little microscopic spores, and they show it going into his ear and burrowing into his skin. Yeah. And at the same time, when they get to the um, ship, there's another sort of bed of you know those bulbs and another guy sort of looking at him like harmlessly enough real close to it though yeah and he breathes it in and so two of them are now sort of infected right you don't know what's about to happen but they get sick pretty quickly and so the uh the doctor who's crewed up's wife is like got to take this guy back to the ship because he's convulsing and he's getting sick puking and blood and stuff and And so they're yeah rushing him back to the ship and saying oh we have a sick guy oh he's bleeding and they're hearing it up on the top ship yeah you know on the mother ship and they're like what the fuck's going on yeah you know what I mean? because their communications are not so great because yeah. there's a storm yeah a huge storm and so they get him back to the ship and they have to get him to the med bay and then the pilot of the ship is uh trying to help them get him get him into the med bay and he's in there and he starts sort of like his skin starts breaking and barb starts sort of shooting out his back yeah then she locks them in because i mean she's following quarantine protocol she's like freaking out she's freaking out when she sees them coming she's kind of like i don't know if i should put them on the plane right she shouldn't have you know and they put him in the med bay and lock the door and as like that's happening both of them are stuck in there because she won't let the the doctor out the which is the scene you've probably seen because i will say this 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 film has been really over promoted that's like, true. Really over promoted. They constantly showing, and they show a lot of it. But if you think you've seen everything by those trailers, you haven't. No, you haven't. You should see it. I got to say, I was impressed by this movie. I was really, uh, yeah, I liked it. I liked it more than the first Prometheus. Um, but yeah, so back to that scene. They're both locked in there, and as he is convulsing, his back starts to shred open. Yeah, and. Sp- and then outspills this fucking alien life form. Yeah. And instantly becomes mobile. Like, as soon as it lands, it starts to grow, and it keeps growing. Yep. And it looks like a, a, a version of the alien we know. Yeah. But, but it's different. white. Yeah, it's like humanoid. It's more human-looking. Yeah. You know, probably because it took on a little bit of the form of its host body. Right. You know, and then it makes a beeline for the poor doctor. I know. And it's just like mincemeat. Yeah. You know? And then it breaks out of the uh, cryo or the the freaking meta bay through well, the because dummy little... opens the door to try to kill it. Yeah, she, she thinks she can done. kill it, but then it, it, she locks the door and it breaks through the fucking. Oh, that's right. Yeah, enforced glass for yeah. God's sake. So those things are so powerful and chases her out into the whatever loading dock of the ship, and then she has a shotgun or something and she's shooting at aimlessly just at everything and hits one of the whatever fuel 
cells, fuel, whatever. Right. And as they're coming back with their injured guy who inherited, in, inhaled the spores, they see the whole ship go yeah. up. Just so they have no way off now, and everyone inside is dead, yep. blown up. Which is three burned. of them. Yeah, three one of the one creature, I guess. And the one creature that survived, though, because yeah, I mean, somehow two it creatures. does survive. Yeah, yeah, it survives like nothing can fucking. Because the other thing. guy who was afflicted, it comes out of him on the field. comes out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah, it's gross. And then like the one guy gets covered in his blood. And you're like, oh, he's infected for sure. Or right. something now, you know, and then there's a sort of like Jurassic Park Lost World. It was, yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, the raptors where they're sort of the aliens are stalking them. Yeah, they have the, their guns with their green sights on it and stuff, and they're shooting aimlessly. And it's taken out. It takes out a couple of them yeah. just in the melee. And then you see this giant flare go up and explode, and it scares off the aliens. And then you're just like, follow me. You know, you don't know who the fuck it is, but you know it's someone from the first movie. Right. You know, and you're assuming it's Fassbender. And they follow him into what looks like sort of like the high council engineer place yep. or like the town square but they're all dead well it's all these like frozen bodies like pompeii yeah like all these like frozen in their last breath kind yeah. of bodies and you don't know where the fuck they're going and who this guy is and sure enough he takes off his hood and it's fastbender with like sort of long jesus hair and yeah it's david who's been on this planet by himself for 10 years and yeah he's been stuck and he needs help and you know this all this stuff right you know and so they're actually like, oh, is it safe? He's like, oh, of course it's safe. It's very safe. You know, like, welcome. And then he sees Walter. He's like, oh, my brother. Like, we're brothers, this kind of thing. Yeah, and there, he's basically been living in one of the ships. Yeah, he's been living in a ship. Or is it a ship or is it like... I think it's... I don't know. I don't know. It's it like, looks like a cave, kind of. I mean, he takes a... a it's sort of a lair. Yeah, it's definitely a lair, but, but it's, it's a part of, like, their city, the engineer city. But he lives in sort of like this cave dungeon. It's very yeah. dungeon and sort of cavernous. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, I, I, yeah, maybe it's part of the city. It probably was part of the cityscape at one point. They go through these like columns to get into to his get through, area. Yeah, yeah, these like tight, f- tightly fitted columns. And then there's all these corpses, but like sort of just frozen in yeah. time, you know, not rotting. They're just sort of like, you know flash fucking froze in their last movements and uh that's you know they start talking and you know realize oh yeah it's david and oh here's why i buried elizabeth and you know she she, died in the crash and that's when i was like "Uh uh-oh because uh, she didn't die in the crash we know that although we should we might know we didn't know that for sure because we i just actually watched the end of prometheus again and it's actually will do you justice to watch the movie yeah you should go watch it again because i wish we had done that because at the very yeah, end, yeah. she David the David robot is decapitated, and she takes him. He's betrayed them, and she takes him and she um, helps him. And they get off in one of the other engineer ships, and they leave Just to go somewhere else. Fly off the planet, and that's how it sort of ends. So we don't know what happened. So no, we, we but don't. I didn't believe that when he said it. No, he's like, oh yeah, we she didn't make it in the crash, and he also said that the the spores were released by accident or something and like we that. We find out. And you know more. that that's not the case. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think we want to get into spoiling the end of this movie or what actually happens, but it's definitely, it's, it's the Frankenstein story, like all of these things are. It's the, mm-hmm. the scientist, Frankenstein's monster, yeah, yep. scientist creates the creature that he belongs control, to in yeah. his image, and ultimately it takes over. He can't control it. I mean, that's really at the heart of what the story is about. And, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that you know, Fassbender is brilliant yeah he plays both guys because the walter guy is sort of a simple with an american accent and then the david is a super calculating almost dr Lecter sort of style yeah because he teaches david how to or he teaches walter how to play the flute and uses it as his metaphor which is a very cool such scene such a cool scene yeah because they have this sort of bonding moment and he's basically trying to like win him over like to his side yeah because right? you find out that, she never does no he does not yeah I mean, not to spoil it but yeah you kind of you're not sure if him and david are gonna team up and then be androids against yeah. people or whatever. But, and they uh, keep you... I mean, I like the suspense. It's a scary film. It's it is suspenseful. scary. You, uh, I liked Catherine Watterson as the lead. She's not, you know, Ripley, but she's sort of Ripley light. Ripley light. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I wasn't like sold on her sort of like soft boyish face. Like, eh, just she, as a look. I bought her though. She but takes no, she's a good charge enough actor, yeah. she does it. I just yeah. meant like 
visually. I was like, ah, is she going to like work She do does this? look like a young little, so a little boy, soft baby f- boy lock, face. Latchkey kid from the 40s or yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> like you're going to fucking kill an alien. I guess yeah. you are. You know, but no, she does a good, good job, good performance. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's definitely some pretty intense alien action for sure. There's definitely face huggers and pods and right. stuff like that, you know, so they don't skip on that. No, they don't. And the yeah, the aliens are great. And, I mean, what's really interesting about this Frankenstein story is, you know, obviously David was the monster, but then he d- becomes the, the creator the creator himself. And they flip that around and he starts sort of experimenting. And we sort of essentially, without giving away the story, we find that he is kind of the architect of this universe in of a way. The, the aliens. As we know it. Yeah. Because up to that point, there hadn't been the, the large black xenomorph alien with the double mouth and stuff. Right. And then you see where that comes from in this film. Yeah. Which I guess before this film, which is Prometheus, that type of alien didn't exist. And then after this, and then with, you know, the movies from the 80s and the 70s and the 90s, like, there, that is sort of the bar, bar, you know, stat quo alien, you know, of the, of the whole series. You right. know what I mean? So, yeah, he is. And it's funny because Wayland c- c- creates him. Because he has a god complex, right? And then David then inherits that same god yeah. complex yeah. as an android. Yeah, so Which it's is fascinating. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting. Spin. It's good storytelling. It's better storytelling than Prometheus. Absolutely, this is almost like the Prometheus movie I wanted to see the first time. It, it so is. It is because a lot of people were disappointed by that. It, and what it does, which I think fans of the original, a lot of people are camp Ridley Scott with Alien, you know, and mm-hmm. a lot, and then some are camp James Cameron. James Cameron. But, I mean, if you are a purist of that alien first one, it's got the same sort of sci-fi textures of that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's shot very... It's got the same sort of color grading, and Mm -hmm. it feels like that movie. Same sort of suspense. Yeah. You know, it's not... I mean, there's just some action sequences, but it's not sort of the gung-ho James Cameron stuff, which I like. there's a lot of action. There's action, yeah. pretty much right from the the jump as soon action. as they make that yeah. choice yeah to go onto the planet it just well, before starts that, up too with the with the incident they have in space yeah that's pretty dramatic yeah I mean, it's an accident so it's you know but yeah it's definitely you're not hurting for uh gore either you know no and you're and not gore. hurting for aliens i no, mean yeah. they definitely give you the aliens and they set up the continuation and i i mean i hope that what they're going to do is really a pre- an, a sequel to this because you know, we were talking about this before because you particularly don't like that Neil Blomkamp got... Um, we just got, like, the shaft from Ridley Scott, you know, and he had everything what seemed laid out, and, you know, he did Chappie with Sigourney Weaver, and Sigourney Weiner had... Uh, Weiner. Sigourney Weaver... <laughs> <laughs> Sigourney Weaver signed on because she read the treatment or whatever, and right. Michael Bean signed on, and then James Cameron read the script, and he's like, oh, we could shoot this fucking next week. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, Ridley Scott comes out and like, oh, it was really, you know, more of just a sort of... Like ten page little idea, you know, blah blah blah. And you're like, well, that's not what everyone else said. Yeah. And then if you've seen the actual artwork, it is Sigourney Weave. It's Ripley and it's Michael Bean, and it picks up after Aliens. Aliens. So part two and it sort of dismisses part three and Which takes is it to great, a different. Because right. everyone hated that. Part three was so fucking lame. You know, and so it, to take it off and like, this is where they went. And then there was like an adult Newt character. Oh, I love it. Who's like a badass and Mercy. like lives. Yeah, Mercy. So at Mercy would have been pretty cool, you know. And so hopefully now that uh, Ridley Scott got to his flex his little pecker. Yeah. And make his own movie first. Maybe my movies. These are my movies. Give me that. These are my movies. <laughs> and, you know, maybe he'll get to make his own a- a- alien movie. That has nothing to do with uh, Ridley Scott's sort of franchise he can make his own alien movie with the characters right continue it from you know it'd be more of a fan service movie but fuck that so what i'd like to see that movie i'd like to see where service the fans yeah hudson and hicks and you know r.a.p bill paxton but yeah but hicks and ripley and see where they're at you know and see what kind of really cool alien mission they have to go on or whatever the fuck like i really like aliens you know, a lot of people. I did too. I it's hard it's, not to like that movie. It's hard it not to like that movie, awesome. man. It's fucking chewy. But I will say this: from a sci-fi, I mean, from a filmmaking perspective, I can see the argument for the first Alien being the better film. Yeah, me too. From a I critical perspective, yeah. I mean, it's really pretty. 
it's brilliant just and as, yeah, it's yeah. Brilliant, and, for and sure. like we talked about this how the scene in the little cafe with um john hurt rest in peace mm-hmm. um where his the alien comes out of his that is one of the most iconic scenes in a in the chestbuster scene yeah yeah and everyone's you can cite that till the end of time tell the backstory you just heard about that i just read the screenwriter suffered from like horrible crohn's disease and he thought up that scene after having like a horrible like Crohn's fit and he basically wanted to show people what he th- thought it thinks it feels yeah, like yeah which is pretty and he said it felt like something trying to rip through your chest <laughs> oh my god your stomach and like and I'm like wow that's br- brilliant it's yeah. brilliant and it like talk about influencing and talk about inspiration talk about artistic inspiration yeah most people I'm Metaphor. sure that have Crohn's just sort of sit there and suffer then you have like someone who's just a writer and it's like this is this is what this feels yeah, like. Yeah, let me let me yeah. paint a picture for <laughs> a you. Fucking alien bursting through Got your it. chest during dinner. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah, man. So you know, this legendary filmmaking for sure. But that doesn't mean Neil Kablonkamp can't have his hand. I think he's well, earned it with, you know, Equilibrium and District Nine. And I Chaffee, do too. Like I loved Equilibrium. His, yeah. Or Elysium. Elysium, sorry. Yeah, Elysium. that's right. I always get those two mixed up. Me too, yeah. But I, I do think what would be cool is if Ridley Scott did a third, an, another one of these. Yeah, I'd see that. And then Neil Blancamp did... His own. His own. Just that his was own. the continuation of Aliens. Yeah, and just does his own. It doesn't have to be connected in any way. Like, they do so many redos of franchises, right. that, you know? So I would let him get a pass on that. You know, who cares? Yeah. I would see both movies. I would go see the next too. continuation of Alien Covenant, and I would go see just Aliens 2 kind of thing, yeah. you know? So I think both could exist and everyone be happy. Well, I really liked this film. I was really entertained. I, I didn't expect to like it. Not I, too much. I expect to kind of leave like... Uh, Prometheus. Like, yeah, that was good. I mean, it's still really Scott, but it's not great. I think for me, it was because I felt that it was so overpromoted. It was just constant promotion for the last two months. And it's so frustrating given how little promotion they've done for Wonder Woman. Yeah, which is a whole other conversation. It's a whole other conversation. But you're right. Yeah, that that overpromotion can kill your, like, drive to see a movie. Yeah. Because, you know, it's alien. Like, fuck, I want to see an alien movie. And then you see previews of it, like, ad nauseum for weeks at a time. And you're like, oh, maybe I'll see it. Yeah. Maybe I fucking won't see it. Yeah. <laughs> like that Life movie. I didn't see Life. Because we were like, fuck. Yeah, and then I'd the reviews weren't good. And Yeah, and so we didn't see it. The reviews have been decent on this. Not like outstanding, but really pretty solid mm-hmm. and across the board. And it you made know. some money this week. It made $36 million. It beat Guardian's second week. And that's a pretty decent. It's a $97 million budget. So they'll easily make that back. Right. And I mean. It given, didn't do gangbusters. I but. think they could have released it. At a different time, in February, March time frame, I think it would have done a lot better. But yeah, probably they wanted to do the summer thing. I don't think this franchise without Cameron or Sigour- Sigourney Weaver is is a summer movie. No, I don't think. I, I, not the even youth- Sigourney Weaver. Cameron, like yeah. his attachment, is key for summer blockbuster. I think. Yeah, I mean, Alien as much legacy as it has it's not fucking guardians anymore well even if it's cooler even if you like it more right just as far as numbers and appeal like mass appeal i mean it has weight to film buffs and sci-fi buffs and stuff but but that's a smaller group and i I think that uh it also is an older group because i think the people who are fans of the original are coming to see this and yep. not and people, as much the younger folk. No, or the younger folk like me that just really like the original movies. And, you know, there's a lot of people like that, but it's not like the people that go see Fast and Furious and it makes a billion dollars, right. you know, which makes sense. You know, it's not and it's same. also a smarter film. Smarter it's a, film. It's a smart it's film. It's a darker film. It's rated R. It's gory. I'm yep. glad they didn't do PG-13. Like, yeah. How could you ever, was you bastard? No, it okay. was R for sure. It was R. It just wasn't yeah, It has good. to be R. This has to be an R this whole movie. Right. Every one of these movies should be R. Yeah. You, you kidding me? Like, you can't do PG-13 ever with this. It'd be the stupidest shit ever. But, I mean, I'd give it, like, honestly, like, at least an 8.5. Yeah, I give it like an eight, eight point. I give it like an eight point two, maybe eight point five. Eight point two, I think. Uh, we'll split the difference. Go eight three. Eight point three, eight yeah. three. Yeah, I think that's fair. It was good. Yeah. It was totally good. And it's worth seeing in theaters. It's it's suspenseful. It's you, just some jump scares. It's, yep. It has some true alien like what's behind you. Oh fuck, you're in half. You know that right, kind of thing. Right. Where you're like, oh my fucking god, like wow. You know there was some pretty wow, like whoa. There were, and like I said in before, it's 
when you, if you think you've seen everything from the trailers, you really haven't. And no, you haven't. It's there's a lot there. It's a very rich film with a lot going mm-hmm. on, and, and there's a lot of explanation. Yep, there's a lot of explanation. The stuff that you didn't get from Prometheus, you get some of that. Yeah, you do. You get it fills in some blanks. I do think that they took liberty with the fact that you they're assuming people who are coming to see this are fans of the franchise and saw Prometheus because that opening scene was very in the know. Like you, you mm-hmm. there was no explanation. You had to know who Guy Pierce was. You had to, you know, you, you know who Fastbender was. I mean, yeah. And if you had never seen Prometheus, and there's like two Fastbenders, it'd be and confusing. Like, yeah, you probably would be like a little confused. Yeah, maybe, maybe, not. maybe not. I don't know. I, I think that either it's way, really, it's really good. It's really it's good, good, man. I mean, it's, it's alien acts. You really see fucking the other, like the ultimate predator, ultimate yeah. apex predator, and that's the whole point. Is like you're not gonna survive an encounter with right. this thing like that's what makes it so cool but, and uh yeah. there's you know there's convincing girl power not thrown in your face but like you buy everybody in it like everybody there's like an even yeah, it was spill. a good cast yeah it was yeah. a good um sort of ensemble cast yeah you know? good ensemble cast because um, like, most of them die you know that's what happens in these movies right I mean, they put together a really cool cast and then kill them all i know which is you know which, which is, is sad. part of the movie sad but, but it's, and pa- fast it's bender is fucking badass one, he's kind of best in class right now isn't he yeah he he's is. like really one of the best of the and best he's getting all the roles him and tom hardy like yeah. tom hardy's gonna play venom now and what yeah he signed on to be venom in the new spider-man franchise and it's, wow. a, and it's his own movie it's a venom movie whoa it's not a spider-man with a venom bad guy like the one with Topher grace and Tom mcguire stunk yeah so that's exciting and Fastbender's no short of roles, man. Those guys, they, they just keep working. Yeah, know? deservedly so. Yeah, deservedly so. They're the best actors. Well, all right. So we're going to give it an 8.3 and uh, go see it in the theaters. See it in I the theaters. See in the theaters. It gets the seat in theaters for me, for sure. Yeah, me too. All right. As always, go to our website, thehmcnetwork.com, for more film reviews, TV reviews, Jake's game reviews. There's a couple new ones up right now. Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale right. series. And next week is the last episode of Walking Dead Telltale. So that'll be up next week. Yeah. And it's a dramatic conclusion. See where they take it. I'm excited. And also our Acoustic uh, City sh- series is up. And Vienna is up this week, which is very awesome. And uh, that's it, folks. That's it, folks. We'll see you next week. See ya. Joiks. Ha, 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 ha,